Hello, and welcome to Encountering God Ministries. I'm your host, Tom and Sarah, and um, I want to invite you to go ahead and to check out our website, which is EncounteringGodMinistries.org. It just went live. I'm really excited about where it's going and, and what's going to be happening through it. Um, you can check out some blogs on there. It's also going to have some e-courses coming up. We're working on those webinars. Uh, we'll be having those things involved into that website. And I want to tell you really that this is probably the most exciting time that we have as a ministry and that my purpose is to encourage you to build you up and to, and to draw you closer to Jesus. And that is what my desire is to strengthen you and to, and to really just speak into your purpose. So go ahead and just check out the website. Thank you for joining me again on my podcast. Um, and, and yeah, God bless you. Well, right now we're going to start with Genesis 33. And, and this is the culmination of this battle that he had with himself. Remember, Jabbok means emptying. And, um, and so Jacob had to empty himself so that he can prevail with God or wrestle with God and, and prevail. Um, so here's what it is. Chapter 33, verse 1. Then Jacob, when Jacob looked up, he saw each uh, Esau approaching with 400 men. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're alone, remember he sent his family forward. He sent his family on ahead of him. And so they were they were out a little more. And here comes his brother, who is, how do you say it? Um, his brother has 400 men. So obviously Jacob is thinking, my brother's out to get me. Um, you know, remember he thought that the angel actually was Esau. I mean, some of the commentators believe that that was Esau. He thought it was Esau that he was fighting. So he kept fighting uh, for, for life preservation. Turned out that he was fighting the Lord for life preservation. And so here is Esau has 400 men. I just wanted to paint this picture. They're in this valley across from that river of emptying. And a lot of times you have to come across your emptying to become, um, uh, and it doesn't mean that you're not going to face anything. It just means that you're a changed person. You empty, God fills you, and now you are a changed person. Let me continue reading verse um, the, these 400 men, um, you know, and then so only Jacob came with his four women, his, you know, 15 people we talked about. So there was 16 against 400 and it wasn't going to be, um, that really cool. So he said he quickly divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two maidservants. He lined up the maidservants and their children in front and then Leah and her children. And then Rachel and Joseph last of all. Remember, Joseph at that time was his favorite son. Um, you know, uh, we'll, we'll talk about him as we go further. And then Rachel, uh, and then Jacob went ahead of them to face Esau. And a lot of times, and, and as he approached his brother, he bowed to the ground seven times before reaching him. And um, the, the irony of all of this uh, was that Esau would be ruled by Jacob and bowed down to him. But here we see, you know, that was the prophecy that Isaac gave to Jacob. But um, but actually what happened was Jacob bowed seven times as a sign of respect and as a sign of honor and as a sign that maybe he was just kind of afraid that Esau was going to beat the living daylights out of him. But who knows? But let's look at this. He said that uh, Jacob went ahead to face them, to, to face Esau. 
Um, I want to talk about this for just a few seconds, uh, if I can, probably a couple of minutes. We'll come back to this thing. Um, what is your biggest fear? Where is your biggest prejudice? Where is your biggest problems? Where is your biggest uh, hurdle that you have to face? Jacob had to face Esau in this situation. Jacob had to face his deception face to face. Put Leah aside and put Rachel aside, you know, and, 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 he, and, he, and he had them there. And then he had to face Esau face to face. And you have to come to the grip of the thing that you struggle with and you have to face it face to face. <clears throat> you can't push it aside. You can't wait till later to take it. You can't wait till later to do the thing. What you have to do is you have to, um, you, you have to be able to, uh, face your issue head on. All right. <clears throat> Back in, uh, 2018, 2019, um, you know, I mean, I had a lot of issues in my life that were, uh, was, was more, uh, the external crunchings. Um, some of it was self, self-inflicted. Some of it was outside afflicted. So I had to, I had to go and face these things up front. You know, I had somebody come up to me and I still honor them for this. Uh, it was a friend of mine from Sacramento. She said to me, you don't love yourself. And I thought to myself, I absolutely love myself. Look at how I love people. Now, the funny part about this is that you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. But my problem was I was loving my neighbor more than I loved myself. And, the, and when that happens, that means you're looking for acceptance. You're looking for approval. And you don't have to do that with God. You don't have to look at God. You don't have to come to God for approval. You don't have to see people for approval's sake. And a lot of times, so that's what happens when you, you know, you, you just don't feel accepted. And so, you know, so I did that and, 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 but I had to face that. And I remember I was like, man, you know, she's just so wrong. And, and, um, I went home. I mean, I, I took it. I just said, oh, well, thanks, man. Just, you know, pray for me. And so they prayed for me. And then uh, as I, as I went ahead, um, and, 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 and went home, I asked the Holy Spirit um, if it was true. I said, Lord, she said, I don't love myself. What do you say? And you have to come to that. You have to, you have to say, Holy Spirit, what do you say? So-and-so said this. What do you say? And, and, and a, lot of, a lot of times you have to come. That's where you have to go. People's opinions are awesome. And, and we need to have input into our lives from close friends. I value my closest friends um, in, 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 in ministering to me. And so what I do is uh, I value what they have to say. But I didn't talk to anybody yet. <clears throat> I just got up the next morning and I said, Lord, she said this. She said, I don't love myself. What do you say? And the Holy Spirit, not shouted, but he just did say, Holy Spirit said to me, yeah, you don't love yourself. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't love myself. Of course I love myself. And the Holy Spirit said, yeah, you don't. Look at how you treat people. And I said, okay, you have more grace. And he said this, you have more grace for somebody else to encourage them, to build them up, to, to do whatever it takes than you do for yourself. You have more 
grace for them than you do for yourself. You need to give yourself grace when you when, when you miss it, when you make a mistake, when you sin. Give yourself grace. I give you grace. Why don't you give you grace? <clears throat> I was like, whoa, thank you, God. <laughs> he didn't rebuke me. He just said it. <clears throat> and then so I said, well, how do I love myself? And he goes, just give yourself more grace. And there's a couple of people you need to talk to. And he gave me those people. Uh, one gave me a recommendation and the other one I have yet to meet to meet with. It's not a bad thing. It's just time. And so, uh, you know, and there's somebody else that I can talk to about it as well. So, I mean, these are these are things that you can do. And it led to my soul health. You have to recognize that you're going to have to face the things that you struggle with. You're going to have to face some of the things uh, of your past. I know single moms um, who had babies out of wedlock. Uh, every morning when they wake up and they see their baby, um, there's that reminder, you know, of the thing that they, uh, Christian girls, I'm not talking about unsaved, I'm talking about Christian girls, even unsaved girls as well, you know, and, and we are in, we are in this, um, this day and age where our problems lie in the fact that, um, in the fact that we have no fathers around. There are no fathers in, I mean, like there's a lot of baby makers, but there's very little fathers. Very few. And one of the callings that I have is to father people, just to be there for them, to give them a shoulder, to, to give them an ear. That's all I do. And that's fun. You don't get paid for it, but it's fun. Your reward is in heaven. I mean, that's, that's how it is. So Esau had to come before, uh, uh, Jacob had to come before Esau and face his fear that he was going to get killed for stealing the birthright. I remember when they parted, there was no happiness. There was no joy. There was no joy in Mudville. Mighty Jacob had gone out. Now I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. So if you don't have the Passion Translation, um, uh, Bible Gateway has uh, has the Passion in it. Um, U, U version has the Passion in it, but Bible Gateway also has um, Isaiah, and they soon will have Genesis. So, um, but I, But you can only get Genesis and Isaiah out of the book form. So here we are. So he bowed to the ground seven times before reaching him. Now, I'm not even going to say that Esau and Jacob were friends at this point. I'm willing to bet that, that Esau was like, dang. But Esau went through the process probably of, dang, I, I blew it, man. It was on me. It's totally on me. So anyway, but Esau ran to Jacob and hugged him. He threw his arms around Jacob's neck. He kissed him. And they wept in each other's arms. Okay? Just just think of this emotional release that Jacob, or can we call him Israel now? Um, that, 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 that this man had, Israel. How he, how, how Esau, his past, um, Jacob's past, Jacob's failure, Jacob's con, um, conniving, Jacob's deception comes up to Jacob and embraces him and kisses him and, and probably just the relief uh, in his heart. I was invited to a worship time last Thursday and um, and uh, the, the, the person's house I went to, we had a little misunderstanding. Um, or, you know, it was really, really hard. And um, for him, it was hard for me. But, uh, you know, and I thought there's no way I could talk to this guy again. So anyway, I was invited to go to this worship time at his house. 
And, uh, and I was a little nervous all day long about it. But, you know, hey, sometimes you just got to face it and just say, hey, listen, I was wrong and I'm sorry. I mean, you can do that. Uh, so the person I went with, you know, I just said, hey, listen, if there's anything I've done to you, you know, or anything, I apologize. And, uh, and I'm asking you to forgive me. And, and it was all taken care of. And I went to, into this guy's house. And the first thing he did to me was embraced me and hugged me and, and, and welcomed me. And then they sat me in the hot seat uh, toward the end of the evening and, 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 and they prayed for me. It was really, really cool um, to have this reconciliation. He, they wept in each other's arms. And I just I can imagine, oh, Esau is estranged. Esau is separated. Jacob is separated from Esau. And, and, and every moment of every day, Jacob had this in his, in his brain. In the 14 years he worked for Rachel, with all the children and all the maidservants, both maidservants, the 15 kids, Jacob's like, oh, he had all of this. And every day, I'm sure he woke up about his brother. And here it is, this reconciliation, this moment of, of reconciliation. And a lot of times when tears come, tears come to release. Tears are releasing. There's, there's a releasing of emotion. There's a releasing of pain. There's a releasing of all of this. And God wants us to come together and God wants us to be able to, to sense his presence in the midst of it. You know, <clears throat> your history is not your death sentence. If you're a believer, your history is not your death sentence. Your history is, is there to bless you. Your history is there and you will, you will uh, look, look at it as, as not necessarily a foundation as much as it is some of the mortar that, that goes in there because it builds you. And when you run to Jesus, it builds you into, he's able to use it. The Bible says working with this bad, Jesus causes all things to come together for good. I want to read that out of Romans, uh, the 20, uh, chapter eight, verse 28. Okay. I wasn't planning on doing this, but I'm going to. I'm going to. Romans 8 and 28. <clears throat> Romans 8, 28. And the Passion Translation reads it this way, and I just love how he says it. He says, so we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. Remember Jeremiah 30, uh, 29, 11, I know the th plans I have for you, plans of good and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. He uses everything. He continually woves every detail of our lives together to bring about good. <clears throat> now, it wasn't good that Lazarus died, but God wove, Jesus wove it together to prove to Elizabeth and to Mary that he is the resurrection and the life. And the miracles that, that 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 were to come about. It was Mary, you know, that went to the that went to the tomb to see uh, to see Jesus raised from the dead. Okay, and then when Esau looked up, verse five, looked up and saw the women and children, he said to Jacob, "Who are all these coming behind you?" Jacob replied, "These are the children, your niece and nephews." whom God has graciously given your servant. And then the maidservants came forward with their children and bowed low before Esau. Leah likewise forward with her children and bowed down 
Finally, Rachel and Joseph came before him, and they bowed down to the ground before Esau. Esau asked Jacob, Why do you send all these animals to me? I was hoping to find favor with you, my lord. Jacob replied, But my, but my brother, Esau, laughed. I've got plenty. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob replied, No, please, if I have found favor in your eyes, please take the gifts, for truly seeing your face after all these years is like looking upon the face of God. Wow, Jacob Jacob sees again the same glorious face of God in Esau. And since you've received me warmly, please accept the blessing I have brought to you, for God has poured his grace over me, and I have everything I want. So these words, with these words, Jacob urged him. Esau accepted the gifts. And then uh, then, they, then they walked together. I wanted to, you know, I'm just going to end it there. But um, but know this, that I, I love this phrase. He says, I was hoping to find favor with you, my Lord. He was wanting, uh, Jacob was wanting to pay Esau off for the trouble. All right. He was wanting to pay Esau, Esau up for the trouble. There was so much trouble that Jacob had caused. But listen to this verse. Isaiah 61, verse 7. I had some of my neighbors yesterday. I gave them this verse. But it says, because you've received a double dose of shame and dishonor, you will inherit a double portion of endless joy and everlasting bliss. For I, Yahweh, love fairness and justice, and I hate stealing and sin. And, 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 and so Jacob wants to bless him. And I want to tell you that today you may have a, a double dose of shame and dishonor. Maybe the sins of your past brought you shame and dishonor. And you've received double for that because not only do you feel it, but everybody around you keeps reminding you, thank you. You got the devil reminding you. You got people reminding you. And you got you reminding you. And God wants to set you free of that. And he says, I'm going to give you a double portion. If you receive Jesus, if you walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus you know, you have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. Now, I know a lot of, a lot of Christians that, that yell at each other. They yell at Christians. They yell at non-Christians, you know, the doom and gloom people. And I, I want to tell you that God, is, God has already poured his judgment out. He poured his judgment out totally on Jesus. And now he's going he's gonna to correct the, the, the body of Christ. And he's bringing them back to have the spirit of Christ, not the spirit of religion, not the spirit of politics, not that religious spirit. But he's given you the spirit of Jesus. He's given you the, the you know, it's like you said, beware of the leaven of Herod. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Be careful of the politicians and be careful of the religious spirit. And then he says, you can have the leaven of Jesus. You can have the leaven of heaven. And that's what you want. You want to have the spirit of Christ in you for the law of the spirit of life. In Christ Jesus already set you free from the law of sin and death. Once you come to your Jabbok River, that river of emptying, God comes and fills you with his presence 
so that you can face, you don't go to face the things of your past by yourself. You have to go full of Jesus. And it is in that place, it is in that place that there is reconciliation, there's redemption, there's restoration. And restoration includes, hear me now, restoration includes what you might have missed. What you might have missed. God loves you, man. God loves you, woman. And he cares about you. <clears throat> he cares about you. And he wants to draw you closer to him so he can set you free. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. God bless you guys. Have a great day. And we'll talk to you the next time.